This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on, $50 buys. All right, on this episode of Bare Knuckle Radio, very excited to be talking to an individual who is very prominently featured on what many are calling potentially the biggest BKFC event of all time. It goes down on December the 2nd. It is BKFC 56. And a defense of the BKFC featherweight championship going on as champion Kai Stewart knuckles up and toes the line against Howard Davis. And great having Kai back on the show. How's your day going there, man? You having a solid one? Yeah, you know, I woke up at 5 a.m. this morning to go out hot hunt season. I gotta gotta keep that predator mentality. Um, I was gonna go shoot an elk or deer, and it, the wind was blowing too hard, so we just we decided just to call it, and we'll go next week sometime um, and get that adrenaline pump before this fight. But uh, you know, typical day in the life of a Montana athlete, I guess. Yeah, and another great chance to represent Montana and obviously yourself as well with this card coming up. It seems like there's a lot of excitement and just seeing different posts where you're discussing this card and just very much a star-studded affair. Like, when did you, I guess, initially get the bout announcement for this card? And just curious to get your feelings on it. I imagine you were quite excited, but just curious to get a sense of the timeline. Yeah, so I, full disclosure, I was supposed to fight November 3rd on that um, card down in Florida against Datwin. That fell through. I don't know really what happened. Uh, all I know is that uh, fast forward, uh, the Ariel Helwani show where David announced the, uh, the top four fights on that card. Um, he... Uh, 30 minutes before that interview, I was given a call by my manager, and he said, yo, uh, watch the Errol Hawani show, they're going to announce your fight, and I was like, holy shit, like, because that was only about a month out, so uh, a little short notice, um, a little less than six weeks out is whenever I found out about the fight, but, you know, I, I've been in training camp. Uh, since that November uh, fight was offered to me. So I've had an extended training camp and we're feeling really, really good about this. So it was more something someone within your team kind of handled, like the Davis-Bout agreement, I guess? Uh, yeah, uh, I have... I have. He's not a... Okay, he's not a manager. He's a like a manager. He, uh, more of an advisor. Okay. Um, but yeah, he uh, he takes care of all my fight agreements because he he knows exactly what I want to do. That, everything that I do in my fight, I don't. I listen to managers for sponsorship purposes. I don't. I, the manager is not going to be in the fight, so uh, I found somebody that wants to work with me uh, that'll listen to me, and it's my choice, my decision. So he just takes care of the little things because BKFC can be hard to work with sometimes. But uh, it, it's been such a good run. Uh, with what we have so we're not we're not gonna um, change that because don't fix what's not broke and this is a bit of an adage that like some people can resonate with and some people not so much and definitely one that comes from I guess like the MMA mindset like Matt Hughes in a certain regard just that whole idea of you know it's cool to capture the title but it really underscores it to notch that 
title defense? Like, are you a person who's just like, ah, well, you know, I captured the title, so I'm the champion, and that's kind of that? Or is there a certain, I guess, significance and importance to that first title defense and everything? You know, there, there's a significance in every fight. Now, now I'm the champion. I'm the champion of the 145 division. I said it uh, since my very first fight in BKFC. I said I could do it. I knew I would do it. And so, but as a wrestler, it's hard to be satisfied, you know, uh, just to put that into perspective, uh, wrestling season is about three or four months long. Uh, usually some big tournaments happen in the beginning of the year. You go in there, you win that. And it's like you've won a state title because it's all the same people, but why be satisfied with that? Because at at the end of the year, you have the state, the state tournament, which is the most important. So, um, to, to me, it's just, I'm excited with like, however this fight goes, I know I've trained my fucking absolute ass off so I can accept whatever happens. And I believe we're going to be accepting that I'm going to be and still, um, but for for the defense purpose, uh, it, it is important, especially because it's against Howard Davis. Now, after I beat Howard Davis, uh, I don't really know the route after that because he's this quote unquote king of the 145 division, the uncrowned king, or whatever they've been calling him. But it's like once I beat this guy, it's time to find those big names, you know? Um, because I, it, this doesn't satisfy me beating all these guys. Now it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be a good time, and I can't wait to win. I can't wait to compete and be under those bright lights. But in the end, it's, it's just another fight to me. Take the belts out of it. it, it there, It's really no different. I'd be curious to hear you expound upon, like, wanting bigger fights. Like, who and what would that represent to you, I guess? So who, who would I want to fight after, Howard? Yeah, well, you were talking about almost using this as, like, a launching pad for, like, a bigger fight or a bigger name. Like, who are, I guess, some people that would fit within that, I guess? Well, you know, there's a fight happening on the fight card. Uh, so, so, first off, I've answered this, I've answered this question uh, a couple different ways. Because I would love to see a couple of the top five guys at 145 fight each other, and then they can prove themselves to be a title contender. As of right now, Howard's jumping... And the last top five opponent that he went against, Louis Lopez, he lost. So to me, it's like I think he was fed this title shot, and I think he's going to get a, a good dose of uh, don't act, don't don't wish for what you don't want, you know. Uh, and so first off, I would love to see the uh, top five in my division take care of itself and then find the next contender. But Jeremy Stevens and. Jamie Rivera are fighting at 155. I wish they were at 145 because both those guys are big UFC names. And that's the type of names we want to fight. That we all know that that's going to be the bigger payday. They have uh, the rep- they they have the reputation uh, reputation to be big names. And Jeremy Stevens, he uh, he's a hard hitting guy, uh, but I do think that he's uh, he could be beat. And same with Jimmy Rivera. I mean, Howard. Uh, I mean, Howard Davis should should have taken that fight five four versus six two. Honestly, I just, I just don't understand. And I, I think uh, Howard, even though it went to a draw and it was a decent fight, I think Howard got a little bit exposed there because you should be able to like at six foot two, you should be able to take care of those guys. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but yeah, really any guy that fought in the UFC or former champion Dat win, I would still love that fight. I think that he was the toughest guy at 145. 
Uh, so there, there's a slew of people I could fight. Um, give me somebody that's gonna enhance my payday. I, I want a big payday. I, I'm a young, I'm a young rising star. I, I know I have star power. Uh, we just gotta get there, you know. Yeah, I get what you're laying down. I guess I was wondering, like, because you mentioned the potential Dat and a win fight they were looking at in early November there. Is that something that would represent maybe a big name for you down the line? Is that something you're still interested in? Yeah, absolutely. He's a former champion, and uh, I, I do think that fighting and beating him means a lot more than fighting and beating Howard Davis. Like, uh, don't get me wrong, Howard Davis is tough. He's a very, he's a very solid boxer. Uh, but in terms of how long he's been in the sport, um, his achievements before this world title fight. Like, this is his first thing. You know, Gatwin has proven himself as a champion. He's gone He's gone the distance and arguably, uh, like, he had a very competitive fight with pound for pound number one, uh, or maybe number two. I haven't looked. It might be uh, Palomino. So you, you have uh, a guy like that win. That, that's definitely a win that's going to be important, uh, not only for myself, but I think for the division and uh, moving forward with younger talent because that win's old. Um, and he kind of represents the old school BKFC because it, it's exploded so big. We, we saw a shift from old school BKFC and now with like with the 145 pound division specifically we have a lot of young guys so um, you're, you're seeing this shift into the new age of bare knuckle and uh, you know I, I think that I'm a front runner to be the face of that and I, I want to beat the old timers I want to beat those guys that uh, have proven themselves well that was kind of like you know part of what we were talking about last time almost and I've seen in some other interviews as well just you know making the right choice in terms of like pursuing this as the combat sport because you obviously do have the wrestling experience and have done mixed martial arts but last time you were talking about how there's a level of oversaturation in that market and it seems like you have like a ton of I guess momentum and just like so much more to do in this sport in such a longer kind of timeline it's interesting that you phrase it in like a generational kind of sense and I mean I guess you kind of see that in even some of the present rankings too, like Brandon Allen seems like he's kind of like on the come up and is a newer guy and whatnot. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and and he's one of those guys I would love to see. I would love to see a Brandon Allen versus Howard Davis fight, and then me fight the winner of them after that win. Like I was hoping I fought that win, and we saw that number one contender fight. So that way, the top five is actually fighting and taking care of each other. Uh, I do think Brandon Allen's really tough. I, I think Brandon Allen has a really good future in front of him. I. Uh, I don't think that he would be able to beat me, but it, it's just our weight class is deep with younger talent. I I, I, I say younger, but I say because we're all newer in our career. Like Howard Davis is older than me. Brandon Allen's older than me. Um, but we're still, in terms of our careers, we're still very new. That's why I think that the 145-pound division is one of the deepest because, you know, we don't really know what we're going to get yet. And I mean, just such an amazing series of accomplishments already, like a lot to talk about with this upcoming fight, but <clears throat> definitely feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't, you know, touch on the last one there, just, you know, cementing yourself as the youngest champ in BKFC history and doing so in front of, you know, a partisan crowd, historic performance. Can you really put into words just what that moment felt like becoming the inaugural 145 pound champion in BKFC and local territory? 
Yeah, I think it uh, was very, uh, I think it was very, very full circle. You know, I, I grew up wrestling in Great Falls. Uh, I love the Great Falls. I, I love the Great Falls area. Uh, the community has really rallied behind me and supported me. It was a partisan crowd because of Joe Riggs. Uh, there's two gyms in town, Flow State Athletics, which is us, and uh, Diesel's Counterpunch, which Joe Riggs doesn't coach anymore. But he, uh, I mean, he has it. So it's definitely a separation. And, you know, I, I won a lot of people over that night, but being able to do it in front of my home crowd against who I was fighting, it was kind of like, not only it was a grudge match, but it was like, I, I got to achieve my goal and my dream of being a world champion in front of my hometown. So there, there's really not a lot of people that can say that, you know, and uh, if my next fight being outside of the city, it's just like everything happens for a reason and I became a world champion for a reason. I guess that kind of brings up a curious thing because, I mean, it seems like there's been maybe a touch of banter with Howard Davis over the years, but, I mean, like you were alluding to, it seemed like the, you know, quote-unquote bad blood or, like, the, you know, cross-town rivalry with Louis Lopez had a certain kind of, like, heat signature to it, almost. Does that is that something that maybe benefits the performance to a certain degree? Is it kind of just like, ah, oh, whatever my temperament is to my opponent is kind of irrelevant and I pursue each competition largely similarly like i guess what are your thoughts on that yeah yeah me and howard i'm sure there's bad blood on his his side because he's salty as fuck that uh louis beat him and he didn't get the title fight uh but in the end like i said uh before it's my it's competition to me like there's nothing anybody can say or do that's going to change my performance on fight night. Uh, you know, the, the crowd loves the banter and, you know, most like everything with me and Louie and Joe, like all that was real. That was real beef. And, you know, if, if me and Howard Davis say, say some shit, it's, it's real, but it's not going to affect any type of performance on me. If anything, I think it's going to affect him. He's proven that he's a hothead. He, uh, he can't control himself. You, you saw him arguing with Brian Duran whenever they're not even close to fighting. Uh, you see him still having Louie's name in his mouth because he's salty about that loss. So, you know, I think he's going to uh, come in with a lot of uh, mental pressure on himself. Uh, he's coming into super new territory. I've fought for an amateur title at the Maverick Center before. So it's not new to me. The elevation's not new to me. Uh, the dry winter air is not new to me. I think all of this is, uh, I think uh, all this is going to play a factor. And But on my end, mentally, I, I my mental fortitude is just unreal. And I, I credit that to being a, a lifelong wrestler. And I was a part of a really tough wrestling team. And, you know, no, nothing is going to change my the outcome on fight night other than, uh, you know, hard work and dedication. It's interesting, like, you talk about the variables that you're thinking will be in your favor. Like, one of the ones you just mentioned there seemed to be the difference in, I guess, composure and competitive familiarity. But also in referencing a previous article I saw of yours, it's like you were talking about how Howard seems to get very uncomfortable when pressured. And it seemed like what you, when you were talking about his Rivera fight before, it was almost like the inference I was getting was he maybe didn't utilize the reach as well as he could have. So I guess... In saying all of that, do you think, like, your big variables in this fight are, I guess, the composure and that, like, calculated pressure in fighting sort of approach? 
Yeah, and it's going to boil down to this. He's going to sit on his back foot, because I do believe he changed up. He, he got rid of, uh, I believe his former coach was Ryan Perez. Uh, and he's been working on, you know, staying on his back foot, using his six foot two range. And it's just like, if he wants to take this title from me, he's going to need to do more than that because I promise you, he's not going to be able to sit on his back foot with me. Um, you could see it in his last three fights. He's really trying, he, he's really trying to settle down and use that range. But I, I don't think it's going to make a difference because this is not a boxing match. If, it, if this was pure boxing, then I, I have a, a totally different opinion on it, but it's bare knuckle fighting championship, not bare knuckle boxing. And I like, he's going to, if he doesn't actively try to take it from me, it's going to be a bad night for him. If he tries to be flat-footed and stand on his back foot and use his range, he's going to be fucked. So, uh, no matter no matter how this fight uh, plays out, I, I do believe that I'm just going to uh, take it away from him at every single corner. And from some other interviews I was referencing, it seems like you're looking at this card, and understandably so, as a chance to like really... I guess jettison yourself more into that like superstar kind of status. Like obviously being a champion is incredible, but it seemed like you were more talking about like a broader, I guess, bolstering of the cachet almost and everything like that. Like what are your thoughts on being part of a card like this? And I guess having the opportunity to be able to do that, it seems like in some other, I guess, posts that I'm seeing of yours, like I saw you kind of chopping it up with like Rick Ross and Tech Nine and some other guys. Like it feels like a statement win here could really like jettison you towards the stars in a sense. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what the what the plan has always been. You know, uh, whether I was going to pursue because I, I do love music. Uh, there for a while as a kid, I like my route to superstardom. I thought was going to be music um, to some capacity. Um, and then, you know, I thought I was going to become a, a superstar video game streamer because I, I mean, I'm, my content's decent enough. I, I have a lot of fun doing it, but you know, uh, wrestling <laughs> sent me on a fucking crazy path and I got involved with MMA and that was around the time Conor McGregor was like just the biggest star. And it's like a lot of people saw a lot of similarities in, in Conor's attitude and my attitude in my wrestling career. So I was like, I can really do this. So getting the belt is just the first step. Now it's time to win everybody over. And now that I'm on the biggest card BTFC has ever put on, people will see me. People will know my name. and I'm going to be victorious. I'm going to get on that mic after the fight. And that's what I do best, you know. I I, I speak very well, um, and I am willing to back up and uh, back up what I say, and I'm willing to call my own shots, you know. Uh, I I've, everything that I've said uh, since my MMA career and BKFC career started has come true. So I just got to keep on that route, and you know, yeah, this is definitely the card to do it. I know a lot of big names are going to be in house. I know that uh, a lot of big names are going to be watching, and uh, being only 23 years old, it's like, uh, like I, I'm right there. I'm right there, and I, I still have such a high ceiling, and that's what people uh, don't really understand is every single day I'm growing, every single day I'm getting better, I'm a student of the sport, and you know, I, I, I think that uh, it's just a matter of time before I'm a, a superstar, you know? And it's crazy to say it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm kind of curious because we're talking about how deep this card is. It seemed like after your title winning effort, there was a certain level of 
indulgence in tacos and some adult beverages, which sounds like a great selly in my estimation. But I guess I'm just wondering with a card like this and all that, are you going to be maybe putting the tacos and the adult beverages for like a later point in the night and staying for a couple bangers? Like, are there, obviously you have a very, you know, blinders on focus to your fight and the task at hand, but when all is said and done, is there certain fights where it's like, oh yeah, I'd like to, you know, hunker down and peep that one? Uh, you know, you gotta stay and watch Mike Perry and, uh, we, we get our checks after the, the last fight. So I will be hanging around. I will be enjoying the fights. Um, I'm hoping to get out, get out of this Howard Davis fight unscathed because I, I believe that I can do it. Uh, but you know, I, it's going to be a party. It's going to be a party no matter what, because at 23 years old, no matter what happens that night, I've accomplished so much and I have a lot to be uh, grateful and proud of. Uh, and it's just going to be that much sweeter because we're going to take home a win. So, um, no matter what, uh, maybe no tacos because we're going to a new place. I don't know what the, I think they serve just normal kind of bar food. So probably going to be looking at some mozzarella sticks and chicken, chicken strips. Uh, and don't forget the adult beverages, but, uh, <laughs> we're definitely going to party after this fight. Um, and yeah, I do think Mike Perry and Eddie Alvarez, that's a very, very intriguing fight to me. Um, that was a tough fight. Like I'm a huge McGregor fan. So whenever Alvarez fought, uh, McGregor, that was kind of a tough fight for me to pick because obviously I'm a huge McGregor fan, but I was a huge Alvarez fan too. He's just a savage. He's mean. He's fucking like the underground King. Like I, I do believe that the King of violence belt fits both of these guys. And, uh, David Feldman's just crushing it right now. Um, doing this like he's doing the damn thing and uh you know it's going to be a, a savage event it's going to sell out the maverick center and uh yeah i, I, I it's going to be a great night it's going to be a really really fun night yeah and it seems like it's almost a catalyst in a certain regard to what seems to be a big year for 2024 like i saw david feldman almost describing it like maybe this wasn't verbatim the language but something of this ilk like it almost be like a make or break sort of year so i mean it just seems like such an amazing time to be, you know, part of all this. And like you said, you're a younger, surging champion. So, I mean, it must be super exciting for you, the confluence of, like, the upward trajectory of the sport, I guess, in concert with your own. Right. Uh, I totally agree Agree there. Um, uh, you know, I... The biggest thing that I hope is I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep winning. And... I, I hope David Feldman starts trusting me. I, I know that he likes how I uh, carry myself. Uh, he, he loves what I've done in terms of, you know, uh, the Rick Ross pool party was mentioned. Uh, a lot of, uh, and me, you know, throwing first pitches out at the local baseball games, just showing the belt, being a champion of the sport. Uh, I know that they really like it. I'm still just so young that I don't think that he... He trusts it yet, but in the end, I'm always going to bet on myself, and eventually Dave Feldman's going to start betting on me too. He's, uh, um, I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of it, and I'm grateful to be so young because it, it just lets that ceiling, the ceiling's so high up there. There's, I, I can't even see it right now. So we're, we're so far away from that ceiling that uh, David Feldman has a lot to look forward to just from me, let alone the whole fucking the whole organization because it's a great organization and uh they're doing a lot of really big things and I'm, I'm so proud and grateful to be a part of it yeah it's incredible and just some of the people they're drawing in i mean obviously very high level fighters but just doing different 
interesting things. Like I thought it was kind of entertaining after the, you know, Bryce Hall fight where you tweeted out, give me Bryce Hall next. So just some interesting people in the space. Yeah. You know, the reason I posted that Bryce Hall thing is because in person, both like I've seen him uh, three times in person now. And it's like, uh, because we're both wrestlers, there were there were some words said on how we should train together, and then it's like I never heard anything. It's just like, ah, come on, man, you didn't utilize you didn't lose, utilize a clinch at all. He's a former wrestler, and I, to my knowledge, he wasn't a terrible wrestler. Like he actually wrestled. So um, I would have loved to train with him, but you know that's just one of those big names that would come with a big check. And if if I ever got that opportunity, I would obviously say yes. And uh, he likes to fight smaller people, and you know I'm a little bit bigger than G, but I'm I'm still pretty small. I'll even cut I'll even cut down to 145 to make it uh, a, a, appealing to him. But you know, uh, as a champion, that's not really uh, out there. Um, but you know that, that that would just be fun. I think Bryce Hall was super friendly in the time that we did uh, speak together. It was a it was a good meeting, but in in the end, it's all business. So uh, you know that, that that would be a fight I would entertain. Yeah, and it's curious because you would have to think he would maybe entertain doing another fight, it seemed like. I mean, it did end with, like, an injury more so, but, I mean, it looked like he gave a good enough account of himself. So, yeah, I mean, could be interesting just to say it seems like you've got a fun series of options going forward. I know you got the nickname Hefty Bag, but hopefully that's applying to some of the checks you're making for some of these fights you got. <laughs> you know, we're, we're getting there, you know. If I was still in MMA in my sixth fight, uh, fifth fight. Uh, I, I, this is my sixth pro fight. I've done one MMA fight, but uh, five, uh, if I was five fights into my uh, MMA career, I would not be making close to the money I'm making. But you know, I'm, I'm still looking for more. I'm still, you know, it, it's hard to be satisfied with with these paychecks. But you know, we're 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 out here trying to just you know grow that bank account and uh, set myself up for life. Yeah, and it's kind of like what you were saying before with, like, the, you know, building of the trust with David Feldman and whatnot. Like, it just seems like one of those things where if you stay the course and keep consistent and doing what you're doing, it'll invariably kind of pop up with time. So, yeah, no, just an interesting sort of juncture for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. And like we said before, MMA is so saturated. And right now, being the top of the game at 23 years old, so I, I say I'm at the top of the game, like... I'm confident and satisfied, but I'm at the top of the game, but I'm still willing to be the hunter. I'm not the hunted. Everybody thinks because I have the belt, I'm the hunted, but no, I'm out here ready to kill. And, uh, that's that Montana mentality. And, uh, I'm just going to, I, all I have to do is stay on top. I'm going to stay on top and keep running my mouth. And, uh, we're, we're going to be a superstar. And there's always different goals as well. Like, I mean, obviously like, going on a run of title defenses, maybe even being part of the pound-for-pound rankings, if that's something you even place importance on. Maybe it's more of an arbitrary thing, but just to say there's always goals you can, you know, create as you keep on this journey. Right. I would love to see myself in the the pound-for-pound after this fight. Uh, And, you know, I'm going to resort back to my age. You just don't see another 23-year-old having a title. Now, with that said, I have to give respect where respect is due. Bryce Henry, he's savage, and he's um, 
he won't beat my record of being 22 years old winning a title, but I mean, he, he could very well be a 23 year old world champion. Um, I do think that he's really tough and I, you know, I think he could beat Palomino, but I think in the end, um, I need to be considered for that pound for pound ranking after this, uh, after this win. Uh, everybody's given Howard Davis so much credit. We got, he got credit from Shaq, which I think was total, a total bullshit play, um, that somebody was able to pay for, um, because like Shaq said that he's his favorite fighter in the BKFC yet doesn't even follow Howard Davis, but he follows some other people. So it just made no sense to me, but you know, it gave Howard Davis the fight. And in my opinion, it was a quote on, I don't want to say an easier fight because like I said, I do respect Howard Davis's skill set. Uh, but it was a easier fight than that win. So it's like, fuck it. Everybody says I fight cans. Might as well keep going. I was going to say kind of interesting commentary considering you beat the number one guy last time out but I guess there's always going to be that you know commentary from different people I mean I guess this isn't necessarily you know tied into it but I guess kind of over that with that umbrella rather of maybe people just kind of talking trash a little bit I did think it was kind of curious to see that Sean O'Malley press conference comment because I think someone was asking like oh yeah like you know another Montana champion what do you think about that and he didn't seem particularly kind like were you sort of surprised by that or what's the deal with that so I was surprised that he, he, so at first it was, uh, next question is all he said, but you could tell that I'm definitely in his head and under his skin because he had to elaborate. Um, they didn't move on to the next question. He, he had to mention how I was in his DMs talking shit, but the funny thing is, is the only DM in question was from 2020. And so I have a buddy in, uh, Miles Mazur Kiewitz, And if you look it up on YouTube, Miles Bazer Kiewitz fucked Sean O'Malley up. Just absolutely fucked him up, rubbed Sean O'Malley's blood on his face once the fight was over. It was a first-round fight and a first-round finish. And, um, you know, he posted something about wrestlers uh, sucking or wrestlers don't got it. And all I did was link the YouTube video and say, what about Miles, the only wrestler you've ever faced? And he must not have liked that. Um, it, it didn't surprise me, but, you know, I, I absolutely love that uh, he had something to say because it, it's only going to help me. And, uh, you know, that's a that's a fight. Can't, let's do King of Montana one day. I don't, I don't give, like, he's saying all this shit about maybe uh, fighting boxers. But um, if I suck as bad as he thinks that I do, because that's what he said, that kid sucks. If I suck, come fight me in bare knuckle. Come fight me, Sean. Come, like, let's see how, like, let's see how tough you really are. Come fight me. Um, but other than that, you know, really, I, I even I bet on him for his uh, for his fight against uh, Aljamain. So uh, I don't hate the dude, but I would definitely fight him. And because he said that I suck, it's like, in my opinion, he fucking sucks. Like that. That's my opinion on him. No, I feel that, and I mean. Fair enough, just trying to... Yeah, I just thought to mention that because I did, you know, think it was a little bit curious, so I appreciate your side of the backstory. But, yeah, just a lot of positive things you have going on. Definitely want to keep it positive. Like, I saw you doing commentary on a late July show, and it looks like you got the cracked skull pepper getting ready to roll out. So, some fun projects on the go. 
Yeah, and that, that's what this business is all about. It, it, it's just that. It's business. So it's more than just a fight game. Eventually, we, we can only take so much damage to our head. And, you know, I, I find myself as kind of a smarter, more intelligent person. I have a, a pretty good brain in, a brain on my in my skull. So um, I want to try to protect that and find as many business routes as possible um, before I decide to hang it up, which obviously I'm only 23, so I have quite a while. But uh, it's something I want to start thinking now because, you know, this could all be over in an instant. And I think more people need to be real about that. Uh, a lot of people just think that people never lose, people never get injured, people never this, people never that. And to me, it's like, I'm going to make as much money as possible, as quickly as possible, just to protect myself. So that's what all those little projects are for. I'm so excited with the Alpine Touch um, collaboration with Crack School Pepper. Um, I, I, I've been from Montana. Like I said, I was about to go shoot an elk or a deer this morning, and that Crack School Pepper is going to pair really nicely with that. I get a nice uh, uh, pepper crisp edge on that steak, and it's going to be fire after this fight. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, maybe you could even get your own strain going on at some point. I saw the native grown shout outs and it looked like you were smoking a blunt in early August. So maybe you get that going at some point. Well, that is actually already in motion. Native grown shout out. Absolutely love my sponsor. Uh, they will be coming to Great Falls soon. And uh, with the Great Falls shop comes Outcast OG. So it's going to be uh, definitely, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, owner uh Ch charlie swan chuck he did an, uh, a podcast the other uh like a couple weeks ago and that's kind of whenever it I, I i was in the comments hyping him up and i was like yo when's the strain coming out and uh, he goes once the great fall shop is open so i think that's going to be a really cool collaboration and all, all my herb loving friends are going to absolutely love the strain because it's going to be uh, very uh potent potent one the one that we got picked out should be consistently above 30 percent so that's going to be really fun yeah and you've been really great with your time and hopefully i'm not encroaching too far here but i mean i feel like i'd be remiss if as like a last thing i didn't you know touch on the seeming bit of shift in the nickname you kind of even mentioned it there with like outcast and everything like when did that start getting in motion like it seems like there's maybe a move to, I guess, switch the moniker from Hefty Bag to Outcast. Like, what's all happening with that, I suppose? You know, um, so Jeff Houston, shout out uh, to him. He didn't want to get rid of the Hefty Bag nickname uh, because he said that it's his favorite name to announce. So obviously, you know, uh, Jeff being my, my dog, I had to keep that going. Um, so that was my first nickname that my coach gave me uh, for my debut, and... Uh, he is stuck, and the chant just sounds awesome, whether they're chanting just hefty or hefty bag. Like, it just flows. Um, the Outcast, you know, is a little bit more of a marketed, marketable uh, nickname, which is why we added it, but it also just goes with my life so well. In my whole life, I've been an Outcast because I've just been a student of my sport or because I get hyper-focused on everything. I, I call myself an athletic nerd. Uh, I was always missing things, uh, and, you know, struggled with relationships whether um you know with people because i was so focused on my, my on my craft and uh it kind of made me this outcast character and then once i got into fighting it's like i do have a lot of haters and you know might as well market and make money off the haters and the outcast a lot of people liked it a lot of people were like wow 
Okay, once I released that nickname, a lot of people hit me up about it and were like, listen, it's kind of generic because I mean, we see the outcast in a lot of different places. Uh, but in the end, it, it's I don't think it's any more fitting for anybody else. I think that I truly am an outcast and uh, people didn't expect me to win that uh, title fight. Uh, people don't expect me to beat Howard, but I'm always going to bet on myself, and that's what outcasts do. We, we do our own thing, and uh, if people don't like it, fuck them. Well, I appreciate the explanation, and, I mean, you can ultimately have, you know, two monikers at the end of the day. I mean, some people have innumerable nicknames, so, I mean, they, they both apply to you, and they both have a certain, I guess, fun to them, like, you know, with Hefty Bag being the first one, and it has that chantable kind of quality, but outcast resonating with you in a few regards so yeah really love to hear that man but like i was oh sorry go ahead well, because, yeah my bad for interrupting but no, uh, no. back on the outcast i forgot one of the reasons why we even did it um so we wanted to find so to go with the outcast nickname we were trying to find something that like resonates with my life and the outcast character being an outcast of society outcast of like the friend groups everything um that that played a huge part but the word cast, because a lot of my content has to do with fishing, and we wanted to have a marketable name, and being in Montana, there's so much fishing uh, to do. It's one of my favorite hobbies, so, you know, um, it, that, that just kind of was another piece of that to be able to uh, explain that nickname. Uh, it, it just was a well-rounded nickname is what we called it well-rounded it's marketable it fits my life um it goes with fishing because we're out there casting um but yeah that's uh that's how the outcast nickname came came to be well i love the thought process behind that and like you were talking about before with like some of your other projects lends itself to a lot of other awesome like non-fight related endeavors as you go forward so I just love to hear all that, man. Great mind for the game and everything, but you've been great with all this time you've given me and have given me some tremendous insights, but, you know, just in trying to be mindful of your time and the rest of your schedule, Kai, is there maybe a final parting thought you'd want to add as we're sort of wrapping things up here, man? Yeah, man. Well, uh, to all the listeners out there, just keep believing in me. You know, I got I got Believe tattooed on my chest for a reason. Uh, it, and... <laughs> Believe in me if you're a Bare Knuckle fan because you're going to see my name for a while and uh, take me out of it. Believe in yourself and you can do fucking whatever you want to do in this world. Uh, with that said, uh, if there's any local people tuning in once I post this link, don't forget Stadium Sports Bar and Casino is going to be the official watch party December 2nd starting at 7 p.m. Uh, so tune into that. Shout out Alpine Touch, Native Drone, Dreamwave Clothing, Atlanta is going to be paint, painting my uh, walkout outfit uh, for the event, so that's going to be super, super fun. He's a big name artist. He paints the car. He painted uh, Six Nines cars. He did a, a painting for Drake. Uh, all sorts of stuff. So, uh, super excited to work with him. And you know, to the moon. And uh, link, all my links are in bio. Just announced my OnlyFans. Uh, there's going to be non-explicit content on there. Uh, so it's just going to be like a lot of training stuff, a lot more interactive than I would maybe be on Instagram or Facebook. So, uh, but yeah, other than that, man, thank you for the time. I have like the interviews and, uh, marketing myself is one of my favorite parts of this game. And, uh, thank you for giving me a platform to do so. 
No, no problem, man. I mean, I really enjoy getting to talk to you. I think you have a lot of great insights into the game, and it seems like there's a lot of chapters to unfurl in this great story here, being that you're, you know, such a young champion and really excited to see that next chapter on December 2nd with BKFC 56. So thank you for giving me all the insights into this Howard Davis fight with everything related to your featherweight championship. And yeah, just thanks so much for coming on Bare Knuckle Radio. I'm looking forward to peeping this fight when it goes down. But until then, Kai, you have a good rest of your day, man. You too, man. Thank you. Hit me up anytime. This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on. $50 buy.